Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Gents, let's try and take our mind off though those horrendous new kits that have been launched this week. Oh my eyes, Tim! <laughs> um, uh, let's try and get on with the pod. Hands in pod on three, one, two, three. Pod. pod. The Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, which you can listen to on the Acast app or via iTunes, and subscribe right there. Leave your comments and get in touch. At Rugby Podcast is where you can find us on Twitter. Uh, Phil, refreshed from a week on the Isle of Skye. Yeah, uh, completely isolated. Sounds uh, horrendous. No rugby chat, no internet, no nothing, no phone. Mm. Uh, brilliant. I wasn't being hassled by JB every day. <laughs> <laughs> JB, your week? Uh, oh, I played a brand new game yesterday. Uh, I played a game called Try. And this is a mixture of America- American football, so you can block, rugby... I don't know whether you can tackle or something, I guess. And Aussie rules. And it is the strangest okay. game you've, you've ever played. Is, it, is this a proper regulated re- rules and stuff? Or? Yeah, so they're bringing it over from the States. They're touring um, the UK. It was Lancashire versus Merseyside versus Yorkshire. So there's three teams on a pitch at any one time. Imagine, what? Yeah. So imagine it's a big circle, right? Like uh, a cricket pitch. No, that's an oval. It sounds um, like something, it sounds like something you'd see in uh, like a the, the cer- Braveheart or something. Like three three different clans, clans coming going up. against each other. Well, I won't spend too long explaining it because I could spend literally all day. But the pitch can fit inside a rugby rib- pitch, and it's a circle. Right. right. Okay. There's five players on each side to start with, but you can interchange as many times as you want. You can have a score up to eighteen. Yeah, just just so yeah. so so it's just so basically tackling, hitting each yeah, other. Yeah, that's it. But as soon as you make a tackle and you go to ground, the game restarts from the middle. So you, you think it's really going to be stop start? Ah, so you've got to keep the ball moving. Yes. Ah, I don't like that. It, it's pretty good, actually. I've got uh-huh. to say, uh, I didn't really get it, but towards the end, I kind of got it. <laughs> well, there's plenty of rugby to talk about. The rugby championship, the Pacific Nations Cup. Uh, there's some kits that have been on that have been launched this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh god they're awful aren't they get onto it later yeah and, and we've got a game of rugby social coming up as well um, and our A to Z of the Rugby World Cup um, uh, this week in the spotlight is Leicester Tigers we're going to pick their all time 15 from the professional era but last week a little throwaway thing at the end of the podcast um, was caused so many people to get in touch at Rugby Podcast on Twitter because we just mentioned oh wouldn't it be great if you could I can't even remember how it started, but it was one little off-the-cuff conversation. And then a team it was of a, farmers. Was a team not? of farmers. We had so many people saying rugby players that are also farmers. So um, let's, let's, let's just rattle through a f- the best 15 we could think of, and it's really tough to call. Well, I'm not even sure it's just 15. It's just a list of... Well, it's the Irish team. It's the whole Irish team. I mean, <laughs> we said last week, oh, we could, we could make a team of farmers, but we'd have to exclude the South Africans. Well, the South Africans, and it turns out... Um, 
the Irish and most of the English. Yeah, there's quite a lot of English quite, players. Yeah, uh, quite a few of the Scottish. So farming seems to be the ideal preparation for becoming a, a high-profile rugby union international. All right, well, let's just rattle through some of the high-profile rugby farmers then. Keen Healy. Of <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, oh, what's his name for Toulon? The amazing guy, prop. Heyman. Uh, Heyman. Heyman. Yeah. Tom Young's at hooker. Tom. Um, Julian White. Uh, <laughs> Sean O'Brien. Yeah. Like I've got a clip of Sean O'Brien here. You've got to hear this actually. Let me just kill this music for a minute uh, because Sean O'Brien's done these adverts to promote farming in Ireland. Of course and he has. <laughs> listen to how natural he is, and he doesn't sound like he's just reading a, a, a sheet of paper just to the side of the camera at all. I value any advice and training I get that helps me perform to the best of my ability, be it to improve my general health or fitness or to work better with the team. Behind any successful team or farm lies sound planning, solid training, and a good understanding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Give me uh, wheeling my truck, my my tractor load of cash. Thank you very much. Uh, so Sean O'Brien's another one. Yeah, uh, Rory Best, Simon Best, Dan Lydiot apparently is a oh, farmer. Oh yeah, Dan, Dan Lydiot's a farmer. Peter yeah. Winterbottom was, Dusty Hare. Graham Dorr, the back. old England hooker. Yeah, was Graham Dorr a farmer as well? Yeah, yeah. Phil quite... Vickery, did he grow up? Oh, yeah, yeah, Phil Vickery. Is he what brand of clothes called Raging Bull? The, young, the, the Youngs Brothers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Youngs Brothers definitely were. And their old man, who played for Leicester yeah. as well, didn't he? Don't forget the, uh, du- the Duplassie boys who have oh, a farm. Yeah. When they're not nursing war... Victims to help and aid victim, AIDS victims, yeah. yeah, like heroes. Just a, a ridiculous number. In fact, you're right. Let's just it's actually up. hard. Give up. It's, it's actually like, hard. No, it's harder on. to pick a non-farming yeah. fifteen <laughs> than a farming fifteen. I never, you know, I've watched rugby for a long time, and you always assume with rugby, it's like, oh, there's a strong link to the forces because of army rugby and all the rest of it, and they make a big, uh, uh, big to do about it. It's farming. Farming is. <laughs> Easily the number one occupation. It's all that practice stacking cows when, yeah, they, when that's they're young. They yeah, exactly. They just stack cows everywhere. But if you think about where farming is done, it's in rugby heartlands. Like, we live in Manchester, and rugby doesn't exist in the middle of Manchester, but you go to Cheshire, and yeah. r- that's yeah. where rugby is, and that's where all the farming is. You go to the southwest of England, loads of farming, but yeah, loads of rugby. Up in uh, Cumbria and North Yorkshire. I wonder if there's like some sort of correlation between the parts of England with the most... Most types of cheese and the highest density of rugby clubs. I do love a cheese board after a game of oh, rugby. Yeah. Yeah. So like Gloucester, double Gloucester, double Gloucester, Red, Red Leicester, Ch- Cheddar's around there. Ch- the Cheddar Valley Gorge. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. This wow. is, this needs further investigation. I think. <laughs> it really does. It really does. Um, right. So anyway, yeah. There you go. There's loads of farmers. That's, and thank you for everyone getting in touch um, over the last week. Um, so where do you want to start? With the Rugby Championship, I guess? Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. Good and, place and with that big high-profile game, Australia versus South Africa, did you watch the last three minutes of it? Yes. Wow. I, I've now seen it, having... Uh, Not seen it been, originally. Yeah, radio blackout uh, during the game. Um, yeah, wow. Hell of a finish, wasn't it? Uh, to be perfectly honest, as Englishmen as me and Phil are, and as Welshmen as you are, it's not really what you want to see in Australia, <laughs> starting to um, pull it together a bit. I would say something which probably... Might not be um, what everyone wants to hear. I, I'm not sure it was that higher quality, to be fair. I mean, there were some things which were really good. They were quite matched. I, I'm not really that bothered about a South Africa. Not as bothered as I thought that as I thought I'd be. I think that those Duplassie boys are actually starting to look a bit overrated now. And this isn't just a South Africa team that played yesterday. This was actually from watching um, watching the Super Rugby too. They don't seem to be the force that, that everyone makes out. 
Right, can we just make sure we clip that little bit of the podcast so we can play it back to JB during <laughs> the World Cup well, when, when, when three months down the line they've got everything together and they're. Oh, it's, it isn't any secret that South Africa have been hunting for a, a, a massive tight head. So, yeah, um, yeah, uh, and also. Uh, Shot burger at eight. It just didn't look like uh, a natural eight. I, I'm not convinced about that. I do. Yeah. I will confess. I, I'm the same. I mean, obviously, Vermeulen, who's been yeah that... one of the two best eights in the world for the past three years or so, uh, to lose him is a big blow. But he should be back for the World Cup. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so Stalker I don't think eight. that's a particularly impressive squad. I mean, not. I'm not sure if. This World Cup is going to be the most closely contested ever because it feels to me that everyone's kind of evening uh, evening out now. Even, or, even New Zealand, I still think New Zealand are like a, a, a considerable chunk. Even ahead. even yeah. they showed some weakness. Mm. Uh, weakness against Argentina's driving mall mm-hmm. um, and um, Augustine Creevy scoring two tries. But to be fair, that's where England. I think England would have been looking at the Australia South Africa game, going much like you say, like we can have any team in the world up front. I would definitely rank England right up there with both the teams that played in South Africa in the South Africa Australia game. Definitely, yeah, I I would say so as well. And what, what difference did you think Matt Gitto made? Because I guess from my perspective, I thought Australia's fluency of their handling was just. Awesome to watch. I thought yeah. he was all right. I thought that, he was anonymous until he but, made that break. Well, but they lack a little bit of directness, which makes them sometimes a bit too easy to defend. Yeah, but they, they do get the, that directness from Kurindrani, and you could see like the try, the line, the line he picked, an eightieth, eighty-second minute. Yeah, um, the timing of it and the line to just hit the gap in between the two defenders and have enough. From five yards out to carry them both over the line. Did you think that the the touch judge m- must have had a bet on Kieran Drawley scoring a try in the 80th minute? Because when he reviewed it, it was like, yeah, yeah, touch line, touch line. <laughs> it was so, so close. I, but he made his, he's made, fair, fair play to him, he made his amount up immediately. Quick decision. And yeah. I think right decision. The, yeah, ball, that, the ball touched the line. That's fine. <laughs> so, so, I, so he does add that directness. Mm. But the, the handling for that... Uh, Adam Ashley Cooper try. So good. That was so slick, wasn't it? And the, and oh. the timing of the running. Everyone's going full pelt. I tell you what I did see in that game, and I've never seen it done better, and I don't think I ever will see it done, be- done better. The claim of the high ball by Israel Falau. Oh, He's wow. just on a different level. And his step is for a massive lad. It's like I'm going to say good feet for a big lad. Yeah. Uh, no, no, f- just proper good football feet. cliche. Just, just good feet in general. But he's a big unit, and he... Uh... He is a big lad. There are two men in the world now, maybe three, um, who, when they play, no matter what your kids have got on the next day, you should run upstairs, wake them up and say, come down, come watch Sonny Bill. Come watch <laughs> Sonny Bill, because it won't happen again. And it's the same with Israel, Israel, same with Israel Falau. Maybe George North, but I don't think he, he's up there with, with those two. Falau, but Falau did actually get out-jumped for the uh, Etzebeth try. Oh, he did, By, yeah. by Habana, who tapped, tapped <laughs> wow. it back. Uh, and then, I, I mean, Falau was stationary, wasn't it? Habana was coming at full pelt, which is still... Uh, he's still motoring some. Yeah, I think South Africa are in a weird place now where they feel quite old and yet the replacements coming in are very, very young. So yeah, I can see that. The, thir- the 13 that scored, Phil knows his name. Jesse Creel. Thank what you. What a try. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's already been... Tells us one of the best Springboks of all time. That's his debut. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, I just think they're not, they're not in the right place for a World Cup. I don't but, think they're... Hmm? I think they're not far off. Like, so that back row... Uh, Scout Berger, you swap him with Vermeulen and then you have Koitsi and Francois Lowe. That is 
like one of the best back rows in the world by swapping one player in, yeah, and that'll make the, so. make the pack different as well because it'll give them more go forward, get more front football. So I don't think they're far away, uh, but, but yeah, but, I, I do agree that they're not as intimidating as they have been in the run up to other World Cups yeah. as things currently stand. Yeah, I get that. We'll, we'll see. Come the end of the rugby championship, and we'll have, get a better picture. Can you remember yeah. two players? I put this on Twitter. Two players playing for the national team. Both who have captained it and both are world-class in, in their position. And you're talking Pocock coming on for hoops. Yeah. That yeah. Just, which one do you go with? I mean, you're going to have to be tempted to play six and seven, aren't you? Just oh, you, you, I mean, you right. have to be tempted to. The, the only problem with that is if you've got Will Skelton, you're losing the line-out. You, you, you've not really, Will Skelton is not a great line-out jumper just because he weighs 140 kg. Mm. And those two are both... Un- 140, unders- is it? I think he's more than that. Oh, my God. It's like 120, isn't it? <laughs> wow. Um, and those two, they're both under six foot, so they're not the best jumpers, but they add so much around the park. They're, um, they're, they're both incredible. They're both absolutely incredible. And yeah. my, my favourite part of the game, I think, was the pickup from South Africa, Schultberger and Straightens Hooper, and it was almost like a school oh, on their own of, on their own line. Oh, it's amazing. And he picks yeah. him up Hooper and puts him back, him up. Like, yeah. back over his own line. Yeah. It was, it was impressive stuff. I've been, I've been reading a lot of... Um, like chat, uh, online chat stuff about who to pick, Hooper or, or Pocock, or both of them. And some people are saying they'd go for Pocock at eight, um, mm. ahead of Hig- Higginbotham. Um, but then you're losing a bit of the the ball carrying. And but the general consensus was that, albeit Pocock scores a lot of tries for the Brumbies on the back of the rolling, rolling mall, and his breakdown work is probably the best in the world. Hooper in every other regard is his, slightly better. His yeah. engine is ridiculous. And also, I tell, just throw us into the mix. Um, the, the, uh, Michael, sorry, let's again. Throw, throw us into the mix. Michael Checker sees potentially George Smith as an eight. So you could have like the magnificent sevens, <laughs> the three sevens, all, all of them. I mean, how do you win your own? How do you keep hold of your own ball for more than a few minutes? Yeah, it's gonna be very. I, it's going to be very, very difficult. But it, yeah. it also, like, if you do have those two, it means when the opposition are kept taking the ball in, you've got to have two or three support runners every single time. So you've got to like, uh, completely blitz over commit to every single rook. Yeah. Because otherwise you're going to lose the ball. And, it, and it you might actually, lose it anyway. Uh, yeah, you might lose it anyway, <laughs> but it changes the attacking mentality because you're going to over commit to every single rook. Exactly. So it is, I, I think it's a viable option, although if you do it, You've got to have Horwill starting rather than Will Skelton in the row. I he, think he, Horwill made a big yeah. impact when he came in. Yeah, yeah. With, with his ball carrying, just the intelligence. You could, much as you said earlier with Kurindrani, there's a few ball carries and Horwill just hit the gap. He, he's a classy he's, player. The, yeah. rugby, the rugby championship will only will only benefit one team, and that's uh, and that's Australia. I think with Argentina, it's going to be too attritional. They'll, they'll come limping in, into World Cup. I think with the All Blacks, they're going to have shown off all, the, all their tricks and we're not going to be as intimidated. I think Australia are going to use it to tinker and finally get the team that they need. I think, well, the All Blacks, they've they changed a few things up, didn't they? Yeah. Um, so they're also using it to probably gauge their best team. Yeah. So I, I think the All Blacks... Because they've got so much depth as well. Even if they do lose a couple of players, they can bring in... A couple more Fijians, I guess. It is, it, <laughs> it is a fact for you. Bearing in mind, we're just a couple of months away from the World Cup. You'd think that the there would have been public interest in this. I mean, on, on New Zealand television, they played that... They, they put on TV the, the Maori All Blacks against New Zealand Barbarians, which is basically kind of the best of the rest mm. yeah. that aren't in the All Blacks team. They put that on telly. So 
you know, New Zealand playing in the rugby championship a couple of months ahead of a World Cup would be there was only seventeen thousand people. Oh, in the ground. I noticed this. I noticed it in Australia as well. The whole upper deck was completely completely empty. Yeah, seventeen thousand. That, that just, was that for the the B teams or the A no, teams. No, no, no. that's for the Argentina match. Argentina game. What? Yeah, but yeah. so, so, is it only a small stadium though? Well, uh, I mean, I mean, I did notice that there was porter cabins. It, it looked like they were playing at Kingston Park well, or somewhere. It is, it is uh, only an eighteen thousand seat stadium. Oh right, okay, so, fair enough. It was pretty, pretty close, much a sellout. Close to a yeah. sellout. Yeah, because a few interesting things I noticed about this, about this game, which is one, isn't the fern on the chest silver? Yeah, and if so, why do they light up the one in, in Christchurch gold? <laughs> I'm just. It's, it's just a point. <laughs> good, good, interesting uh, point. In, uh, interesting. Yeah. It's being generous, Tim. Um, yeah, it's being very generous. It's a point. Um, just, just returning back to Australia and their and their players. They've got Gitto back and Drew Mitchell back and um, Quade Cooper. Now looks like he's turned his back on a four year deal with Toulon. Looks like yeah. he's going to be staying um, and has signed a contract with the ARU and he's going to what's the Renee on his deal that he's signed with Toulon for big money and uh, Marad Bujalad not happy. Uh, n- not surprisingly. You, you spend big money on a player. You uh, want to build a team around him. As long as there's no money being changed hands, I mean, yeah, he should, he, he should honour his. You shake, you shake hands with someone, yeah. then you should kind of. Yeah, I assume he's actually signed. So I don't know if uh, Bujolet always loves to talk about yeah. um, a bit of litigation, doesn't he? So I wonder oh, yeah. if he'll come for compensation. Well, I also think they've probably got off lightly there because I think Quade Cooper's a marvellous player. But I don't think he's a too long player. Oh, I think he could. With the, the talent around him, yeah. he can do whatever he wants, can't he? But he does whatever he wants anyway. <laughs> I don't yeah, see that better with all that talent around him. Um, and another one, that, because I think it was Rob Horn, looks like he might have injured himself. Uh, the badge has been called back into the Australia squad. Thank God. From <laughs> from America, where he's been out there, because of course the, the Pacific um, Nations Cup's going on and a lot of players are being sent around the world to try and promote the game. Nick Cummins being one of them. And... It turns out that he confused, probably did more damage than good by appearing on Australian TV because they couldn't understand him. Oh, on American TV. On American television. The Honey Badger's talents know no geographical bounds, this time popping up in the US to confuse news teams with his Australiana. If you're a single Sheila and you're trying to find an Australian bloke... A single Sheila? Yeah, yeah. You, uh, you duck off down there to Australia, you go to the Red Centre, you'll find there's a few, uh, few Shearers, a few Stockmen, and uh, there you'll find an Australian bloke. They could barely understand him. I only just started wearing a mouth guard. Um, I suppose uh, two years I played without without wearing a mouth guard until uh, yeah, I finally got got some. Uh, I got a bit whack on the on the gob and uh, on the what? On the on the gob on the uh, on the mouth on the <laughs> on the laughing gear we call it. Nick, I said he just they didn't understand. It was the whole interview was like what you, you what what Who are you saying? What do you do? Hey, uh, I bet he's a farmer. Bet he's got some farming. <laughs> oh yeah. So of course he has sheep herd or something. But but he could be back um, in the uh, in the Aussie squad oh, during the next why? game. JB. Oh Jay. That should be another naked picture of you from your stag do on, on the Acast on app. the Acast app. Um, yeah, New Zealand looked ominous, didn't they? Looked uh, it looked one at a canter. Yeah, it, it didn't look look like great conditions, but. When they're throwing the ball about, it, this is what I like love about New Zealand. They don't always play rugby, as in they'll play territory, they'll kick, they'll just play that kind of simple attritional game. And then when they want to turn it on, the the speed of passing, the hands, the drawing a man and going, it's just. Do you not feel it was the other way around? They did all that to start with, and then at the and end, <laughs> that's when they got caught. No, they create 
they create the position to do it at the right time. And if it's on, they'll do it at any time. Mm. There was there was one part of that game, uh, and it wasn't anything which was stick in the memory, uh, but it was open it was open field play. The ball comes across the back line. I think it was one of the Franks boys got the ball, you know, uh, a bit of feet, shipped it wide. I was like, they're basic skills. Yeah. I mean, they they are legitimate when they're talking about, you know, they can catch, they, they can all catch, they can all pass, they can all, they can all do the basics really well. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get back on to looking ahead to the next round of rugby championship matches and we'll get on to the Pacific Nations Cup in just a second. But, um, there's something we've got to talk about before we before we deal with anything else hmm. because that that was that was the good we're getting to talk about rugby <laughs> again and that's brilliant but there, there's something very very bad um, we well actually there's another good thing let's just uh, represent that Canterbury have once again come up trumps uh, when they had the Ireland kit launch oh yes l- early this week Paul O'Connell and the rest of the Ireland boys were all wearing boots and yep. and they let us know that they did it. So we'd be happy, and and our and our followers would be happy. So and we are happy. We so, are very so happy. We are very very happy with Canterbury. So that campaign has worked. So that's brilliant. And the Ireland kit, much like the England kit, looks simple, superb, yeah. very well, very nice, well tailored, nice. Like like it a lot. Uh, let's get on to some other kits that have been launched. Then Leicester Tigers have launched their first team strip for the new season, Ugh. and Gloucester have launched their European kit for the new season. <laughs> now, if, if you think back to last season, the st- this, time last, this time last year and the season before, we, we were talking about this being the golden age of stash. And particularly, I think Leicester Tigers have had our favourite kit in, re- I, in recent memory, haven't absolutely. they? Absolutely. I think I myself described them as running around like Jaguar E-types. Yeah. Real classic <laughs> racing green. That was the plain green with the, with the white and red strip across the chest. Which I believe is actually a Canterbury kit. It was a Canterbury a beautiful, kit. Beautiful, beautiful Canterbury yeah. kit. However, we, we, are we going to stand for that Leicester kit? That, I mean, that is a terrible, terrible kit. Can you try and describe it as best you can? I don't know what happened. Well, what's happened is last season, Gloucester had the worst kit in the league with Cougar. And Leicester had one of the best kits in the league with Canterbury. Mm-hmm. And now Gloucester have got rid of Cougar and Leicester have taken Cougar. And they've just ruined what was very simple. It's awful, isn't it? beautiful. It is oh. so... <laughs> Look, I mean, it would be fine if, if it was awful. So what, so what they've done? What they've done is they've got they've got green stripes, thick green stripes. That bit's fine. Okay, uh, good with that. Happy and with then that. and then in the white stripe, they've decided to have this fade from green to white Why? as you go left to right. Yeah. Why is it necessary? And it's like a child who's only just discovered paint shop. <laughs> but the, the other problem is that we're looking at four strapping Leicester players there wearing the kit, and it doesn't seem to fit any of them. It, we want nice tight. Who's who's that one? Uh, Owen Williams, of course Wales fly of course half. Owen Williams, um, they all look inc- they all look deeply upset by this, don't they? I'm deeply upset by this. <laughs> and Ma- the- Miles Benjamin, in particular, looks like he's about to cry. <laughs> I don't know. I, a lot of modern sports kits do this, but like the arms always seem funny. Like they've strapped them on as a side thought. Leicester have yeah. had some. Leicester have had some terrible kits. That camouflagey one a few years back. Yeah. Oh yeah, that oh, was horrendous. That was awful. And, and then they got their act together with the oh, big time with the last couple of years of kits. But I've, this one has just gone back. I've got a new rule now, and it, it should be implemented. It, there, there is something in this: a team should not be able to change its kit for five years, and every away kit should be white. Unless your home kit's white. Yeah, I, I don't mind that. That's like That's NFL, like, that's NFL, like, that's yeah. like American sports, now, isn't it? Just think about this. The Americans, the most commercially driven of all nations, 
And in the NFL, they're not allowed to change their kits yeah. for five for five year blocks. Yeah, yeah. you've mentioned. And before. more people, more people buy the shirts because you know they're not going to go out. Of I fashion. mean, You're per- personally, to it. I think um, Jeff Parling, Julian Salvi, and Co were were and uh, were just about to sign new contracts until they saw the prototype <laughs> for this new kit. Hundred <laughs> right. But do you know what? In the future, we're, we're going to look back at that kit. Uh, say ten years down the line, and we're looking at it and go, "Oh, when was that? Like uh, early nineties?" You know, no, no, no. And we're going to think there's going to be like like a mistake with the dating and stuff. <laughs> it is terrible. But let's talk as well. We're talking about ill-fitting kits that have got terrible design. We thought Gloucester's. Uh, it was their sevens, their and, sevens academy. and academy kit. That, that was horrendous. We yeah. thought that was bad, uh, and then they released their European kit. That they will be wearing this season. What were they, what were they doing? Well, we've, we've decided one little. Uh, if you watch Game of Thrones, you'll know where this is from. If not, you just need to listen to the content of it because the, we're sending this message to the kit makers of Leicester Tigers and Gloucester because you deserve this. Shame. <laughs> Shame. I couldn't agree more. Shame. So describe that. It's like a it's like a Japanese samurai Shame. outfit. Do you know what I mean? With the oh yeah, it's it kind of I with Mitsubishi Shame. in the middle as well. Oh, oh that look. might be something Shame. to do with it, you know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we're being Shame. culturally insensitive. Or on the other hand, they're being Shame. culturally insensitive because we were very clear Shame. it should be full hoops, full hoops. Shame. I'm still with white. Where's the whites? I'm still Shame. holding out hope that they're just. Shame. This is a brilliant marketing trick. Yeah, I think it might be. I'm and that, that first team kit Shame. is going to be traditional. Classic, classic Gloucester. They even re- removed Cher- the sponsors. Yeah, cherry and oh. white hoops, blue shorts. Oh, navy shorts, imagine. Oh. But this one is... Um, I mean, they, is this the ultimate punishment for being dropped from the first team? <laughs> like, you no, know, this is a European kit. So this oh, will be first God. choice players. Thank God they're not playing in the Heineken Cup. They're not playing in the Heineken Cup, are they? But it's another, not- it's another no. kit that doesn't fit. Yeah, why, the arms why are baggy. It why doesn't t- it fit? The arms are baggy. Is, is it a fan replica or something? Or is these, this the actual match weight kit? These are big lads. Why are these not tight shirts? <sighs> Phil Phil has his hand on his forehead <laughs> in exasperation. Um, yeah, there's nothing else to say but shame. Shame on you. And we hope that Gloucester... I mean, their first team kit is going to have to be spectacular to, yeah. to make I've up for I've got a feeling it is going to be spectacular. I, I can... I mean, they've got all the bad ideas out the way now. <laughs> <laughs> we hope, we hope so. How about, how about vertical stripes? Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, right, there's some other news. Um, back to the England camp. And Sam Burgess is being... Well, Stuart Lancaster has said in an interview that he is considering Sam Burgess as a centre, not as a six. Has this been no. taken out of context a little bit? Well, when I first saw this, I shook my head, head in hand moment ag- did again. But then I actually listened to the interview and I think the he- that's going to be the headline, but it is taken a little bit out of context because what Lancaster said was that um, Sam Burgess isn't technically proficient enough at the line-out on the set-piece to play six um, in a similar vein to uh, Tom Wood, uh, Haskell, mm. Tom Croft, who are the people who are being considered for, for the six position. Yeah. So he could only possibly can be considered for a centre, mm-hmm. which for me, if you read into that, means that he is very, very unlikely to be making that 31. I can't see it. I, I really I, can't see it. I can't see it. As a six, if he could get the technical bits around in the line-out, maybe. But I just don't understand but that not, either. Not as a centre. At a high level, at the highest level of the game. Yeah, I get it. You can play six and 13, but is that really what you want? Do you really want to be relying on... A six-stroke 13 to well, come on. Well, I, I think basically what I'm taking from this is 
Sam Burgess would have to be of such a high standard to um, to make Stuart Lancaster change his structure, game game plan, or Graham Roundtree, maybe whoever does the lineups uh, structure and game plan, because three jumpers, including the six, as you say, Tom Wood, Tom Croft, um, have all have always been important lineout jumpers when yep. they've played um, uh, in the past. Well, yeah. it also feels to me like Bath have have binned off this. Uh, uh, centre idea altogether. I know they say that they can have a bench split and the rest of it, but I don't believe it, and I don't think they really believe it. And this whole camp, if he's been working at twelve, it just seems like a complete and utter waste of time. No, well, I think they would have taken him into the camp thinking of of back row, but maybe his proficiencies in the lineup just they were, which means I just get rid of him and bring in Dave Ewers or someone. I mean, which, which they probably will do when the the yeah. um, squad gets. They don't cut, need to bring anyone in again. Got, I mean, if they really numbers. want a yeah. spare centre who can play in the pack, they could probably use Tom Youngs. I mean, I, seriously, <laughs> that, uh, he'd, he'd probably be just as good. This comes in the same week that um, Lawrence Delalio said there's a special aura around Sam Burgess, and he and he hopes that he he might make the, really? the, the squad because of the leadership qualities he's shown and the sort of the the mental toughness that he shows, which yeah, um, Lawrence Delalio said is is massively crucial for winning a World Cup. Mm. I I think it's good that he's in the squad. I, I think the squad will benefit from having someone with that kind of experience. In there, yeah, like a year ago, less than a year ago. What kind of he, experience? Though? Less I mean, than a year we... ago, he was uh, man of steel in the NRL the grand, grand final. Yeah, just having that kind of experience, but also for Sam Burgess, his future in the next next four years in the build up to the next World Cup is probably playing six. So just having this kind of development over the, these next few months will be. Invaluable I just don't to think him. it's fair. I, I really don't think it's fair. If he's just there to gain experience for four years' time, there'll be plenty of other no, opportunities. They, they, they wouldn't no, give it to that. a player. No, who it's really not, want, it's not want just it. that, but it's it's everything. Yeah. They, both parties will be benefiting from the arrangement. Um, hmm. Yeah. Elsewhere, um, well, well, we'll get onto the Pacific Nation. Oh, yeah, actually, do you want to do the Pacific Nations Cup now? Yeah, no, let's do the Pacific Nations Cup. Not seen it, so you have to tell me what. No, happened. No, that's fine. So the Pacific Nations Cup. If well, I mean, some people might not even be familiar with the competition. No, um, I'm not. But it's happening in the States currently. Um, and it's involving... Which, so which nations is it? It's Samoa... Uh, there's two two pools. Yeah. Japan, Samoa, Tonga, and Fiji, United States, Canada. Yeah. Um, hmm. Oh, I see. Which... So it's all that sort of middle tier of teams in the world rugby so take away the the top four well take away the the top six the six nations and take yeah, away yeah, yeah. yeah and take away the southern hemisphere rugby championship sides and it's kind of everyone else i think it's brilliant that they're getting together and is this gonna be played every year yeah it is played every year it's, is it it's been played it's been they've been kind of playing around with the churchill cup and having some of the second tier te- like the um the second teams england saxons yeah and new zealand maoris and that kind of thing but I think, I think that. this is a really good tournament. Like all those teams are fairly evenly matched, and you can see by the results from from week one that they're fairly evenly matched. Fiji beat Tonga thirty points to twenty two. Um, if you've seen any of the highlights of this, it's absolutely brutal running, like inc- some incredible tries. Really good to watch. Then uh, Japan beat, I think, a slightly uh, weakened Canada by twenty points to six. Is your boy playing? Uh, no, Kudmore uh, and Jeb weren't playing. What? Uh, that, hence why I say it's probably slightly, probably okay. slightly weakened. Podcast favourites. Yeah. <laughs> Jeb Sinclair and Jamie Cudmore. And then Samoa beat uh, USA 16, uh, 21 points to 16. And how was the USA team? Was that at full strength? Uh, not far off, yeah. 
I mean, I'm not entirely sure what the uh, the full strength starting US was- lineup would be. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. But Chris Wiles was playing, Nguyenu yeah, was playing, Hayden Blaine Smith. Scully, mm. Hayden Smith, Eric Fryan. The Frymaster. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think this is going to be the year Japan finally win a game. They haven't won one in 24 years. In the World Cup. In the joking? World Cup. In the World Cup, no. No. Never won a World Cup match. That's incredible. I did not um, know that. But under Eddie Jones, they've made real progress. Oh, they're and... a good scrimmaging unit. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah. a legitimately good scrimmaging unit. And Eddie Jones basically says, we're not going to try and play physical rugby, so we've been working for four years now on playing a, a quick, loose game. Because that's, that's well, the... Not we that have this to play is a strength. test of a good team, but they, uh, but they smashed Russia when we saw them two years ago. Yeah. Minus Eddie Jones, because he, he didn't come over. Yeah. But if you saw... I've only seen the brief highlights of Japan-Canada. If you saw the try that they scored, oh, yeah. the feet from the inside centre, and then the hands um, to, to set up the winger was superb. It's lovely. Bit now, if you, want to, if you want to talk about a nice stash, have a look at the new Japan stash. Yes. It's lovely, isn't it? Ooh, it is. Yes. Is that, very much so. Is that another Canterbury? It is another Canterbury. <laughs> Canterbury this is <laughs> not right. Bear in mind, you, if you've listened to the podcast for any length of time, you know that... Um, we are on good terms with the guys from Canterbury, and they've they've given us some great opportunities to speak to players, and and we do good they stuff give for us them. Stuff we do we do good stuff for them, and they get great interviews and stuff for us. It's a it's a mutually beneficial thing. But when we when we compliment their kit, I think it's important to say we have to keep our own integrity because if if for example Leicester's new kit had been made by Canterbury, believe us, we would have called it out as a bad kit. Yeah, it's so, a difference, isn't it? We have to keep our integrity, is what I'm saying. But oh, absolutely. That, that said, Canterbury's kits are of a they're beautiful. Well, the it's minute. kind of like the difference, isn't it, of going to get a suit made, and in one instance you go to I don't know Savile Row, and in the other instance you go shopping around um, Urban Outfitters. You know, you're going to have two <laughs> completely different looks, completely different. And but, a Canterbury have been around. We, they, they know what the score is, and that's why they make these exceptional kits we were critical a couple of years ago about yeah. one of the, the Canterbury Island shirts yep. which didn't seem to fit right yes. funny, funny collar um, but since then I think virtually every Canterbury shirt that I've seen is very very good uh, I'd say the same with Adidas as well I'm a big fan of the Adidas kits mm. yes I completely agree um, so Pacific Nations Cup is, is going on we'll get into the, the next week's worth of fixtures 
Um, but I'll tell you what, I've got, I've got we have something we haven't done for a while. I've got a rugby social. Yes! Oh, yes. So we know how much rugby players love to get on Twitter and Ooh, social media. Straight after this, we should talk about the banning of rugby socials, which is in the rugby initiations. Uh, rugby initiations. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yes, we should. But uh, So this is just a little game that I've got to celebrate how much rugby players just love getting on social media to share their life. So this is the life of some rugby players and uh, JB and Phil, you can play against each other. First question. Which rugby player has this week signed a deal with a modelling agency? Ooh. I know this one. Is, oh. it, <laughs> is it Mike Phillips? Is it James Haskell? Or is it Gavin Henson? One of those players has signed a professional modelling deal. Who's the most handsome? That's the first thing. <laughs> well, that goes without saying, but... <laughs> He won't have had it because he's not in the spotlight. Who's it going to be, JB? It's going to be James Haskell. For me. Phil? I think I've seen a tweet that says it was Mike Phillips. Oh, so obvious. It was Mike Phillips. Why didn't you go with yes. your heart? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that would have been Henson, surely. <laughs> Mike Phillips is signed with MOT Models. MOT uh, <laughs> Models? Yeah. <laughs> For the slightly older model. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, they unveiled him as their latest signing. He, he's modelled the Racing Metro and Wales substitute or reserve shirt quite well the last couple of seasons. So uh, might as well do a bit more modelling. <laughs> Don't pass, mate. One nil to Phil. Right, uh, Nigel Owens, after refereeing the South Africa Australia game, tweeted that he was looking forward to coming home for was it the final round of the Open? Was it the Royal Welsh Show? Or was it England losing the Ashes Test? <laughs> it's not England losing the, Ash- the Ashes Test because it's England and Welsh Cricket Board. So you can discount that. Second of all, why would Tim say Royal Welsh Show if it wasn't the Royal... It doesn't just... Mm. It's going to be the Royal Welsh yeah. Show. Yeah, He's very patriotic as well, isn't he? Is he? Yeah. Huh? He's a Welsh speaker, isn't he? <laughs> Better than me. <laughs> Well, I, I, I would go with that as well, the Royal Welsh Show. It is the Royal Welsh Show. Yes. He's, he's refereeing the final of the See, Sevens tournament. What you should have done there, you should have gone for something equally as Welsh and obscure, like yeah. the Estevod. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, so it's, it's still it's 2-1 to fill. Final one. Best you can do is draw. Uh, next question. Chris Ashton was very impressed by... Alex Corbiziero rapping in that video we played last week. Well, that's not true. James Haskell's gun show workout hmm. or Kelly Brown's turn of speed in some pre-season training videos. There's three hmm. videos online. Alex Corbiziero rapping. James, These are all videos that are there. James, yeah. James Haskell's gun show workout and Kelly Brown uh, doing some speed testing. Chris Ashton tweeted he was very impressed, but by which one? Haskell, I'm, I'm going to say. Uh, so I could go for that and just guarantee the draw. yeah I didn't do too well there did I but I'm going to say uh, the Kelly Brown uh, I think someone will have he'll have viewed the Saracens video online and will have commented on it ah. even though he's in Denver at the moment are they not back yet no I think they're, I think, think they're still in Denver It was the Alex Corbiziero video. Oh, wow. What? Yes. So <laughs> last last week there was only, what, 2,000... Um, 2,000... Well, no, 1,000 views of it. Okay. 
when when we play mm. when we talked about it and um and there's there's now a lot lot more like how of, many roughly uh, uh now there's 3000 <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, uh 200 percent increase yeah um, it's basically all of our fans and and, and chris ashton <laughs> up the decibel i'm pretty special like the, the Henny festival, festival. it's this bit it's the gorilla i don't mean to trouble you tonight is brought oh let's wait for the gorilla bit I'm the killer, gorilla. <laughs> I'm the killer, killer. I'm the lady thriller. Built like a gorilla mixed with a favourite chinchilla. No, can I tell you something very interesting about gorillas? And you can look it up right now. Um, I'm assuming he's talking about his build because he's got broad shoulders. Yeah. Because yeah. gorillas have uh, a one-inch penis. They have this. They have uh, the smallest penis of any primate relative to body size. Yeah. It's no, the no, smallest. no. Just the smallest penis. <laughs> oh really? Oh yeah, yeah. Google it. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's not right. That's just generic penis that you're looking at there. An adult gorilla's erect penis is about four centimetres, 1.5 inches in length. There you go. Someone knows his primate's genitalia. Well, no, I never thought that I would use the fact button for such a fact. Yeah. <laughs> but good work. Uh, well done, Phil, on winning Rugby Social this week. Yes, thank you. Uh, well done on Rugby Players for your brilliant tweets. Please keep them coming. Um, right. Um, so we've got some stuff to look at. Uh, JB... You're, you've been looking at a Leicester 15 for the professional era. so Yes, Tim, I have. We've been moving through the Premiership clubs bit by bit and we're going to be picking out the all-time 15, the players that have worn that shirt best during the professional era. Leicester Tigers, one of the most decorated, well, no, the most decorated team yeah. in domestic English rugby. It's got to be hard to pick. Well, It'd be really hard to pick if you went back to the amateur era as yes, well, absolutely. back to the age of... But I wouldn't have a clue what I was doing. And also, yeah. it'd be like, you know, you know, the two-man front row and all the rest of it. Uh, what struck me about this is the consistency. So, like, there's no... I mean, there are some very, very good players. But, you know, in some, in some teams, you have that absolute star. Well, with Leicester, it kind of seems that... Well, there was one, one, one guy that stands out. But everyone else kind of seems to be there or thereabouts. Here we go, then. I'd, I'd be interested to... Hear who's who your one guy that stands out because there, there there's only lot, one guy that stands there out. There's a lot of very good players. No, there's only one guy. Okay, Mar- so oh, I know where he's going with this. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know where he's going already. All right, go on then. So, front row, I've gone for Garforth, Cockers, and Roundtree. The ABC club, boring, oh. but that that actually was the ABC club, wasn't yeah. it? Those, those yeah. three that were the ABC. Well, well, but would they have been the professional era? When did they stop playing? Yeah, probably, oh, absolutely they are. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah. And the reason I know this is because I only really started watching rugby in the season that Northampton won, Heine- won their first Heineken Cup. Right. So yeah, I can categorically yeah. say yeah. that this is true. Fair enough. Would, yeah. you, would you put Cockers ahead of Dorian West? Um, and, yes. and, and, Ayerza. Well, there's, well, just let's talk, talk about yeah. some of the ones I missed out then. So there's Ayerza, there's Cole, who, I mean, both formidable props, wow. uh, White. Yeah. And uh, a guy whose name I can't read, so I don't know what... Castro Giovanni, Castro, perhaps. thank you. That's exactly what... Uh, yeah, what, what. their front row is always going to be pretty strong. And as for Hooker, yeah, West, I think, is the next, is the next closest. But you know who I kind of thought wouldn't have been wouldn't have been spoken about, but should be, is George Shooter, who spent an awful lot of time yeah. there. He spent about 16 years. Like, yeah, yeah, like 200 couples, appearances. Yeah. You know, did a damn good job. Good you point. could have three incredible front rows. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Four could. incredible front rows I'm looking at right here. Oh, yeah, there are many, many more. Wow, you could yeah, you could have you could have about you've got about 12 or 15 world-class well, I think players. I've mentioned this in previous podcasts, but I think most of their money goes into the front five yeah. and the inside centre. And then everything else is kind of whatever. Do, 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 do uh, whatever you want. Who are your second rows then? 
well, okay, so it's one guy plus whoever you want. So Martin it's Johnson. Martin Johnson, and that's the one guy who I thought is just head and shoulders above everyone else. Oh, not Miles Benjamin. <laughs> not Miles Benjamin. <laughs> yeah, Martin Johnson. Captain. Ca- captain. Yeah, captain w- of the do team. Do whatever you want with him. He's 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 just he's just there. He was captain during both of their Heineken Cup wins. Yeah. No. I want to thank a, 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 a couple of people that have sent me in sent me in teams, and. I can't, can't remember the names, but they have actually told they've actually gone with Deacon for the other second rule. Deacon, yeah, which I think's madness because um, <laughs> yeah, I understand he's a good clubman, blah blah blah. But there's Ben K. Yeah, you know, it's Ben Ben K. Uh, World Cup winner, Lion, all round legend. I mean, that would be the obvious one for me. You make an argument for Leo Cullen, uh, and also maybe with someone like Pauling. Well, no, Cullen was more on the bench for Leicester. That's why he yeah. went to Leinster and yeah. then won all his but won he, all his trophies there. Really, he only had a couple of seasons at Leicester as well. Yeah, I guess so. Him and, and then him and, and then him and Jennings. I think I think Ben yeah. Kay and Johnson um, is a good shout with an honourable mention for Louis Deacon. Yeah, he's, only, he's a fan's favourite. The only other one would be: Could you move Corey into the second row? Well, you could, but their but pickings then, at eight are not great. Yeah, they're, they're, you're quite right. So I've got Corey as the eight, who which is as uninspired as it gets. But other than Corey, there's only Henry to Henry to Jordan Crane's had a long. Period, but oh, Jordan Crane, no, yeah. I'm not even, I'm not even, uh, not even listed him down. Uh, but yeah, JB's have... actually fuming that you've even mentioned his name. <laughs> <laughs> you ruined, the, in an you ruined all, the whole feature. All time <laughs> Done, uh, it's ruined. D- Dean Richard played two seasons in the professional he era. Did I did don't he? think that's enough? Really. No, I don't. I don't either. So, uh, Corey, Corey, and then, and then... <laughs> now the back row. There's not really many outstanding sixes. If you can get me an outstanding six, Tom Croft. It's probably the best. Yeah. Tom, Tom Croft, in, Croft, in my Croft opinion, is six. Is and then you're back to the front row issue that you've got about half a dozen sevens to choose well, from. I would have gone <laughs> with, for the back row, I would have gone with back, back at one. seven. Yeah, he's and first. I'd go with Moody at then six. Moody. Oh, okay. Which is, those two started six and seven yeah. uh, in the 2002 Heineken Cup final. Yeah, and not only that, I mean... I Mo- love having you on the team, Phil. Fact. <laughs> Moody should have really left. Because Moody was understudy to back, and then Cronfield came in. Yeah. So actually, they kind of played those three in in, in rotation. Anyhow, it doesn't really matter. So um, I, you know, as much as I enjoy Tom Croft's uh, 1.8 games a year, <laughs> I'm gonna go with back and Moody at six and seven. Okay. The honorable mention for Cronfield. Uh, I, I can go with that. And look, even the other sevens we not mentioned. Serge Betson went there, of course. No, he didn't. Oh no, he went to went wasps. wasps. Sorry, uh, forget that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so Josh Cronfield. Yeah, uh, moved on. Um, that's a pretty good looking pack, that. It is. But I'd say what gets you about it. I mean, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say Waldrum as well as an eight, potentially. Not really. No. Not really for Leicester. No, I, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, just, right. just a note He's about decent. that. It's just the consistency. I mean, there's no real stars outside of Johnson, but even Johnson wasn't a star star. He was widely recognised as the best player in the world. Yeah, the best but, lock in the yeah. world. But it's just that kind of... It's, it's just so Leicester, which yeah. is you know, surprising for Leicester 15. Uh, nine. Um, Nine, uh, I haven't made a list. I've just gone with, gone with Austin Healy. Because you could probably say uh, Ben Youngs. Or Harry Ellis. Harry Ellis. Or Harry Ellis. But I think, I think Healy is the quint- quintessential Leicester uh, nine. nine. I yeah. did think of moving him to the wing. So actually, you could put... Mm. No, no, no. Austin no. Healy at nine. Yeah, fine. Healy at nine. Ten. Yeah. It's got to be Andy Good. And, and this isn't a joke either. I mean, this is a genuine... This is a genuine selection. This is where he played all of his best rugby. This is where he got his England caps. It's also where he won lots and lots of trophies. Yep. And outside of Good, you've only you've only got Flood. Because you couldn't really put George Ford in there. Um, 
JB, oh, that's what, twice. What's wrong with you? It's also the place. Leicester Tigers is also the place where Andy Goode, um, we 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 assume, refused to be weighed. Um, <laughs> and getting a proper weighing exactly well, a, why, well why should he well he's refused to be weighed ever since then Leicester might have been his only official weighing because everywhere still lists him as 97kg <laughs> which we all know is not true it's absolutely true it's on Wikipedia <laughs> I bet London Irish will be down as 97kg <laughs> yeah. uh, you could go uh yeah, it's been slim pickings at ten as well, hasn't it? Sarevi, to- Toby Flood, why Sarevi? Yeah, he wouldn't train in the cold, so it has to be on. It has to be on uh, Andy Goode. Centre. Now we're getting interesting. Yeah. Now yeah. Leicester spend a lot of money on money on twelve, and I think it's one been one of the cleverest moves. That, well, that they make as a club actually. There's, I'll, 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 I'm not going to tell you the guys selected. I'll tell you the guys that didn't make it. So Gibson, all black. Aaron Major, all black. Rod Kafer, um, Wallaby. Wallaby, Wallaby, yeah, and Anthony Allen, legend. <laughs> uh, but I went with Ram Pat Benny. Howard. Oh, Pat, Pat Howard, Howard. Uh, Ram Benny as well. You got to remember him. He yeah. was awesome for he Leicester. Was very, very well. So, well, the original Tuolangi was a twelve. Yeah. So, but, oh, Freddie. Yeah, yeah. The original and best, some might say. Ram Benny was awesome for Leicester, but you, yeah, yeah. you're going with. Uh, yeah, you're going Pat Howard, yes. Yes. Now, what a player. Yeah, in Greenwood as well. I mean, Paul, I've listed well, Greenwood as a 13. Yeah, Greenwood really. had to leave Leicester because of Pat Howard. Yeah. Because he wasn't getting enough game time. Pat Howard was phenomenal. He was I, I, he was so very good. And, and and people don't give him enough credit for exactly how good he was. He was spectacular. Uh, Lloyd is my 13. Lloyd is your 13. Well, not Manu, not Manu. Not Manu, no. Uh, uh, to me, it was a straight shot between Lloyd and... Leon Lloyd. Ollie Smith. He was a winger. He, he, start, he? No, he started at 13 no. in the Heineken. 2001 Heineken Cup And he scored, he scored the winning try as well. He did. He scored, he's, in fact, he scored two tries. <laughs> yeah. Leon Lloyd. Leon Lloyd. He's a great Tra- bloke and, uh, and, a, and a solid club man. But and also... I'd CEO. say he's like, he's like the Ed Slater of the backs. He's, t- he's excellent, but not... I just think... The era where they were most dominant was right in his prime, and he nailed down that thirteen shirt. Oh, and you can't really know. argue I mean, with that. You could have had Greenwood there as the outside centre. Yeah, but Greenwood well, only had a really, couple of seasons. He only had three, four seasons. Yeah, Green, Greenwood's only there for his, for his name value, really. Yeah, um, Manu two, Manu would push him. I think uh, Ollie Smith also. Yeah, it's like a really good fight. But Ollie I, Smith was a very average player, but he managed to get on a Lions tour for his, yeah. because of his performances, and like England caps because of his performances you know for Leicester. The rumor was about Ollie Smith and why he didn't have more international caps. Go on. Well, the rumor was when Andy Robinson was in charge, he had very complex systems. So it was like there's six defensive systems for <laughs> each time they uh, write a certain line. So the 22 is six options at the halfway. And apparently he just wasn't bright enough to play, play for England. <laughs> well, Leicester fans, <laughs> Leicester fans, tell us if you think Leon Lloyd is the right selection at 13 at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Um, but on to the wingers then. Well, I think we're best starting at fullback, perhaps. Yeah, so this is the hardest one to choose, actually. Because Jordan Murphy seems to have it hands down. We could all agree. Yeah. Jordan Murphy, one of the best fullbacks ever to play in the Premiership, I'd say. Yeah. So it's really a case of who is the better winger out of Murphy and Stimson because one of those two, ha- they, 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 they're, they're both playing, but one of them has, uh, has oh, to play on the wing. Uh, you play Murphy on the wing. I think you play he's Murphy a more effective wing. winger than and, Stimson is a winger. Correct. Yeah. So I've gone and, with Stimson at fullback. Um, Dean Richards 
would agree with you because in both the 2001 and the 2002 Heineken Cup wins, that yeah. was exactly what they did. And he also... Stimson started at 50 he and also, Murphy started on the wing. One of the roughest memories I have was Stimson kicking the penalty at Nottingham Forest ground against Clanethley and it bounced off the upright <laughs> down onto the onto crossbar the and then kind of just dribbled over. It was horrific. <laughs> so the final spot for Miles Benjamin. That's, uh, well done. Good, <laughs> there good, we good go. 15. All uh, done. Alessandro Tuilangi, surely. That's who I'd go for. It is Benjamin. I've, I've got down <laughs> Benjamin. But if you want to change that to Alessandro Tuilangi, be it on your head. History will not ju- judge you kindly. <laughs> uh, Leicester fans, what's your reaction to that? Um, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter and... I suppose it's going to be tough to pick because next in the league, we're going down the league from 1 to 12 uh, as they finished last season. So next will be Exeter. We should probably talk about the upcoming games this weekend. I love the fact there's proper rugby on again. It's great. Yeah. It's great isn't it? That few weeks in the wilderness was tough, wasn't it? But <laughs> it was tough. We've made it through. Both games this week are on Saturday and they're quite sociable times for, for us viewing it in the Northern Hemisphere. South Africa against New Zealand is at five past four on Saturday. And then Argentina v Australia couple of jars, uh, 20 to midnight. Yeah. Really? Yeah, that'd really be good. Perfect. That, that's perfect, isn't it? Yeah, I'm at a wedding on Saturday night, so... Uh, Who's? Uh, Grant's. Oh, great. Is, um, it, is it like a really, really good old friend, or is it one you can just sneak out and watch the rugby in your hotel room? They're both. <laughs> no. Good good old friend, uh, but I might just sneak off anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so South Africa, New Zealand, I, I can't wait for this one. In South Africa, there'll be a different team. Yes. Yes. That, that level of physicality will, will up again, I'm sure. Although so. it was, their defence was the amount of Australians that just got stopped dead on the game Literally. line. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a massacre, like, like Gallipoli. They're so yeah. strong. But New Zealand going there, what do you reckon? How do you, what do you make of this game? Uh, I don't there? know if it's going to be this week, but New Zealand will, will be getting beaten. I mean, I, I've just got a funny feeling that they're getting... Do the way they, they peak too early and all the rest of it. I've just got a feeling that they're going to be stopped. Maybe not this week, but it's going to be soon. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a very narrow win again. Like three, four points in it. I think New Zealand will sneak it. I, do. I don't know. I do not know. I can't call it. Uh, yeah, New Zealand then. Yeah, I think New Zealand. I just think when you when you look at the key matchups, they don't have a South Africa don't have a recognised, experienced international eight, and New Zealand have got the best player on the planet playing yeah. eight. New Zealand have got Dan Carter back at ten. South Africa have got a very, very promising, but still inexperienced Andre Pollard. Dan Carter does feel to me like after a lot of pressure coming his way, he's done the right things, played consistent rugby, and it's all coming up Dan Carter again. Yeah, you look yeah. at you look that look look back over the last four years, and we were going, "Oh, will he make the World Cup? Will he?" Oh, they're wrapping him in cotton wool. Yeah, and now yeah. they're just unleashing him at the right time. Yeah. Still handsome as well, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> Etzebet up against uh, Retallick. That'll be a hell of a battle. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, it's either if Etzebet gets hold of him, it's all Etzebet. But I've got a feeling <laughs> Retallick's just going to be running all day like like he always does. Etzebet is different kind of spec. He's a different species, isn't he? <laughs> it was a point was made on Twitter that his his second row partner yeah. doesn't look like. A different specimen Diego. at all. Diego. Lou Diego. Lou Diego. He's he's very, very tall, but doesn't look like a top-class international second row. He just looks like a bit... He looks, he looks, like, a, big, he looks like a schoolboy look, player. Like a farmer. He looks like a big farmer. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a fat Ian Henderson. Yes, I can see that. So, hmm. But you don't, you don't get into a South Africa team unless you're a bit tidy. Exa- yeah, exactly. Especially, Especially in second, second row. row. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've got plenty of them. Uh, so yeah, I can't see anything but a New Zealand win, even in South Africa. 
Yeah. Yeah, you I'll... convinced me that it's going to be a New Zealand win. Yeah, it will be close, so, and it should be a really good game. And then Australia traveling... travel to Argentina. Yeah. Now, this has been the one game over the past few seasons that Argentina yeah. have been so close to winning. I've been willing them to win this fixture every time it happens. Isn't it interesting, though, that, that Australia had the better of South Africa in, in the scrum in the last five, ten minutes it's of the match? very interesting. Yeah. And, very. and will the dynamic have shifted? Because that, that's basically where Argentina just won penalty after penalty against Australia's scrum. And Australia have had yellow cards for their props and things against Argentina because they just cannot cope yeah. with the Argentine scrummaging. And the Argentine scrummaging wasn't great against the All Blacks. It was good, but it wasn't absolutely dominant. No, but that uh, New Zealand scrum is very good mm. with Franks and uh, Woodcock. Yeah, and uh, what's his name? The, Mi- the old fella. Mialamu. Mialamu still yeah. knocking around. 36, yeah. It's like his ca- legs are carved out of wood, isn't it? Neil yeah, Army. fine, fine mahogany. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd I see think, an Australia victory. I do. I think Argentina should be strong enough to get field position and get territory from their pack. But I think that Arge- that Australia team is looking really, really good mm. at the moment. They're, they're peaking at the right time. Australia win by f- seven points. Yes. Yeah. Um, I do like... Nicolas Sanchez um, for Argentina, though I think he's um, he does the right thing with that team. He, he, his option make uh, decision making is very good. Kicks at the right time, controls the game nicely. Do we know why they rested Hernandez? Was he just sore or something? Or don't know, don't know. Because they did explicitly say he's been rested. He's not injured, rested. So he he, he might come back for this test. Oh, that'd be interesting. I'm looking forward I think Australia is really going to start clicking and those Bledisloe Cup games mm. well, as stupid as they are um, <laughs> I can't wait for them yeah. awesome I'm never going to call them stupid that's cool yeah. and in the Pacific Nations Cup the fixture's there it's not long until the home nations we're, we're, are all back in business 8th of August Wales, oh, Wales Island three weeks then yeah. wow awesome. and, then, and then it's the following week it's Ireland, Scotland, England, France so this week's fixtures uh, why is that? Oh, they're all in the middle of the night for uh, for us here because they're played in in USA. We've got Fiji versus Samoa, Canada versus Tonga, and United States versus Japan. So Fiji... I think Japan are going to win the tournament. Mm. They may well do. I'd say Fiji, Samoa, and Japan—they're the the teams that won last weekend. But they're probably the three who are going to be the best, going to be Which the strongest. Which of these teams do you think is going to get a major scalp in the World Cup, if any? Hmm. Well, Samoa and Japan are in the same group, aren't they? And the uh, United States in the same group as well? Samoa, yeah, Japan, Samoa, USA. Japan, USA are all in the same group. None of those are going to beat South Africa. My God, has South Africa just got a passport to the next round? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. That's yeah. ridiculous. Then Tonga are in the same group as New Zealand and Argentina. So you'd have to say unlikely. Fiji are in the same group as England, Wales, Australia. Uh, so <laughs> Tonga could, but like Tonga beating Argentina is one I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. You won't put it past them. And then Canada in the same group as France and Ireland. Hmm. Not likely, is it? Not likely. Not likely. Um, maybe, maybe a little while ago. I mean, Canada did qualify for the quarterfinals in was it ninety one, perhaps. Yeah, but you just can't see it now. They're too. They've got some real quality, but then too too many mediocre players. You are right because who was the player that retired last World Cup 
Or he's been to playoffs World Cup. I can't remember. There's there a guy who'd been to four World Cups. One of the props. Yeah, no, not Rod Snow, if that's who you're thinking of. It was, oh, I can't remember his name now. It'll come back to me. Cool story, bro. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, before we're done, uh, there's one, have you seen the, the, the big gig that's going to be happening to launch England's bid in the World Cup? I'm not talking about an opening ceremony or anything. I'm talking I, about... I have. You've seen it. You there's an advert knocking around. Sorry, enlighten me. There's an O2... I'll, play, I'll show you the advert. It's an O2 priority advert. So O2 obviously sponsor the England rugby team. And they've got a, a concert that's happening which you can get tickets for and you can be there to, to launch, to, to wear the rose and support the England boys. And um, yeah, it's featuring Take That. Not UB40? No. Oh yeah, well, they're carry, carrying me home. But the advert features... Fans, England fans, carrying England players on their shoulders with the obviously the thought with carry carry them home, oh, oh. <laughs> carry them home. Oh. So the advert has literally got oh. people carrying them. Do you know what this reminds you of? Have you seen it? Have you seen have it? A look, have a look. Have a oh, look. Oh no, I'm going to hate this. I. <laughs> no, there's a player in a walking down a typically English street with someone on his shoulders. Typically English council estate. Yeah, I hope a. Typically, typically diverse group of English people are going to be oh, carrying it's, him. It's Joe Marler coming up some escalators. Oh, no, he's on someone's shoulders. A little weedy ginger bloke. <laughs> he's carrying Zangief oh, quite comfortably. Awful. Courtney Laws on an old man's shoulders by a bus stop. Owen Farrell just taking a mint off a girl whose shoulders he's on. Johnny Wilkinson. Johnny Wilkinson. Great, great acting, Johnny. in the background. His acting gets worse. Has- Haskell. <laughs> oh no, it's so awful. It's so CGI as well, isn't it? It's like the old blue screen or whatever it is. And that's Big Luth. Big Luth is on Howard's shoulders. The three surviving members of Take That. In fact, who was Gary Barlow carrying? Let's have a look again. Gary Barlow's got... Is that Ben Foden? No. Can't be Ben Foden. Yeah, Fo- It is Foden. Ben Foden. And that's uh, Stephen Myler. It's all North... It's, it's obviously Take That had a gig in the Midlands. No? <laughs> Let's get three of the Northampton boys down there. Mark, Ma- uh, that's Mark from Take That is carrying yeah. Stephen Myler yeah in the middle one uh, Big Luth Big Luth being uh, carried right. by Howard and Gary Barlow's got Ben Foden on his shoulders <laughs> I bet Foden insisted that he was carried by <laughs> Gary Barlow right, if there's an advert with a boy band in I'm in it <laughs> I've got to be carried by the leader <laughs> why am I not carrying people <laughs> carry them home Oh, I, I quite like it. Well, it's funny. quite funny. I get it, right? But do you know what it also is? It's it's also. Do you remember when you went to the cinema and there's the orange adverts where they just had to ram phones into like new film scripts? Yeah, I know what you mean. That, and that's exactly what that is there. Exactly what it is. I just like it. They've gone right. So so the big theme is our big strapline is carry them home. What can we come up with? Can, why, don't, uh, why don't we have people carrying? Carrying them? Well, literally or metaphorically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, want the, we want the nation to metaphorically carry the people. Oh, so we'll show brilliant. the nation literally carrying the people. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, right, so we'll, we'll, I'll post a little video of that at Rugby Podcast so you can go and have a look at it. And watch the rugby this weekend. Tell us who your Exeter fans, tell us who your all-time Pro 15 is. React to anything you've heard on the podcast. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave us your feedback there. Um, we passed through 200 comments. On uh, on iTunes. Oh, have we really? Oh. Are they and, all positive still? And it means a lot. Well, I, I, I don't mind whether they're positive or never. That wasn't negative. the question. <laughs> they are. They are. They are almost exclusively positive. So Good. yeah. Uh, well, but, put some negative ones down. Let's try and even. I, it up. I don't mind, but do you know what? It uh, it, it it means a lot because to take some time out of your day to bother to write a, a little review and stuff. Um, 
Well, well, we, we were, it's, it, well, it's the least that I expect. I do this for an hour a week. The least you can do is is, is type me a message for five minutes. The least. <laughs> but when you look at other podcasts, they just don't have that. We we appreciate the uh, how you listen, not just that you do listen. So thank you very I, much. I haven't read it for for, for ages, but um, yeah. Cool. That's good, <laughs> another good another one for the after dinner speech. There, I was uh, about to say something very, very silly. Then, so I'm glad that I, I I retracted what I was about to say. Wow, so he's, he's now self-editing. <laughs> I know he's moved on. Uh, right, uh, we will see you next time. And Phil, nice one. Cheers, Tim. JB in a bit. Thank you, Tim. Let's. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.